Welcome to Podcast Rewind. This is a podcast about all those podcasts my best friend and I just can't stop talking about. I am one half of your co-host, Erica Jarvis, writer and creator of the blog My Revamped Life. Hi guys, I'm Amy. I'm your other co-host. Uh, so today we're bringing you episode four of Podcast Rewind. We've been doing this four weeks. This is so four cool. Weeks, like a month now. We've been podcasters for a month. So exciting. Um, so any of you just tuning in for the first time, welcome. Here on Podcast Rewind, we talk about podcasts. Yes, we do. We yeah. recap them. Because it's what we talk about all of the time. All the time, yeah. Eric and I love listening to podcasts. We've really gotten into it over the last year or so. And we just kept finding that we couldn't stop coming home at the end of the day and discussing what we listened to and dissecting it. And so then we decided that we should have our own show about podcasts to get into that network, yes. into this podcast niche universe. Down. What is more niche, Amy, than a podcast about, about podcasts? podcasts. Super nope. meta. One of the other things Amy and I really like to do is uh, imbibe a little with mm-hmm. an adult beverage. And this week, we're doing a special beverage. This is Cap Rock Gin. And we got this from one of our favorite listeners, Joe Morelli, good friend of the show and right. of myself. He sent me home from my recent trip in Rochester last week with a full bottle of Cap Rock. And I promised him that it would be our drink of the week on an upcoming episode. So, Joe, cheers to you. Cheers. We're thank gonna, you, friend. Thank you so much. I'm doing a little gin and tonic, Amy. Mm-hmm. Gin and fresca, like I the true Michigan girl that I am. I love that fresca; is super yummy and it light. Is, yeah. So to kick off this week, mm-hmm. after drink of the week, we like to share what we're kind of obsessed with. Yes. For what the are we moment. thinking about this week? What can we not get off of our brain? That's right. And I have to be honest; mm-hmm. it's been hard to listen to some podcasts for the past couple of days, Amy. Why is that? Because I am obsessed with the new Taylor Swift album, Reputation. <laughs> yeah, I knew I you would be. my top five. I know exactly what I love. The whole Look What You Made Me Do that she put out back over the summer. Total troll song. The yeah. whole album is not a revenge album towards all the Kanye West and Kim Kardashian I mean, receipt gate. A little bit, though. A little yeah. bit. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a song or two. One of those songs, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Yeah, Kanye, she is looking at you. But the rest of the album is really amazing. If you haven't listened to it yet, I suggest Don't Blame Me, Delicate, Getaway Car, and Dress. It might be Taylor Swift's dirtiest song. And I'm here for it. It's really good. So I'm bouncing back and forth. Every time I listen to an album, I then treat myself to a podcast. So I'm trying to mix it in and be cool about it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, totally. So we're, this is episode four, right? Yeah. Do you think that we'll ever do an episode where we don't at least mention Taylor Swift once? I can't make promises. <laughs> As she says in one of her songs, I know we can't make promises, but you can make me a drink. Well, hey. Hey. Cheers to that. Cheers to that girl. Can I tell you what I'm obsessed with yes, this week? Yes, it's probably not Taylor Swift. It's probably not. It's so embarrassing. Okay, so it's only the, what, second week of November. I know. I get yes. it. Thanksgiving hasn't come yet. But screw it. I'm obsessed with Christmas. Same. I am so obsessed with Christmas. I started my Christmas shopping this week. You're so um, good. Ooh, I, I just nailed some things yesterday. I'm so excited about I'm some so of jealous. the stuff that I'm getting from my friends and family. We're going to decorate the apartment later this afternoon. And if people are screaming at their phones or in their car at their speakers, that's fine. Scream. We're Scream happy. 
to build a PowerPoint presentation about why we want to get into the Christmas spirit early. Amy and I, like we have said before, we are um, from up north. Yep. So you can have an easier time getting into the holiday spirit because it's getting cold. There's snow in the ground. It smells like Christmas in the air. Yeah. It's, you know, overcast in 80 here today in Orlando, Florida, and it just doesn't feel like the holidays. So, so you got to decorate. You, you got to decorate. You, you got to burn that spirit. Burn that Christmas smelling candle and oh. get into it. Uh, but you know the decor and all the stores is out. Yeah. You know, at my job, it's been fully Christmas for a while. Exactly. So now it's time to get the Christmas in my heart oh. and in my home. I'm so excited. So obsessed. I love with actually Christmas. the holiday. Mm-hmm. All my old school Christmas Those albums. I cannot wait. Oh, I need to get Home Alone out. Ooh, I think yes. I, I think I bought it on iTunes last year or on Amazon. On I Amazon. Think so. So. You know what we should do? We should watch Die Hard. I hear that's like a really good Christmas movie, and <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why, and I'm sure all the guys listening to this are freaking out right now because they know. Yeah, there's something. There's something about it that makes it Christmassy. I'll take it. Whatever. Do you want to talk about podcasts? I would love to talk about podcasts. Okay. I am so, so excited. I'm so excited because you have been avoiding me for I have, days. I've been, oh. Because I think you want to so talk hard. about a podcast, and you're just like, I just won't even look at you. I'm going to hide in my room. I want to talk to you about this podcast so bad. I'm so going on me. to do it now. Do not wait. One more second. <gasps> okay, so I found a new one this week, and I listened to a couple. So the podcast is called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. So last week we talked about stuff we should know. Right. Stuff we mean yeah. to know. So it's all part, I, I've discovered there's a network um, of how stuff works. Which, oh, okay. Um, there's a television show, I think, on History Channel or yes. A&E that's like How Stuff Works. So they are now like a basically a corporation. Love and it. all of these podcasts are all on the same network. They're all together. Also, um, Stuff Mom Never Told You, that one that I talked oh, about a couple weeks yes. ago. Part of that whole thing? That's part of this. Cool. Okay, so again, this is Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. I listened I'm to here two, for and and so this is about conspiracy theories. So like, yes. you know, what is the government hiding from us? Um, one day, I think I lost like eight hours to those kind of TV shows, yeah, like yeah. proving like so how we did land in. on the moon, but then like interviewing people who didn't think we landed on the moon. It was like, how did you not believe yeah. that? So as much as I love true crime, this is kind of like in that same vein. Like, I completely agree with you. You know, weird, dark stuff. Who's hiding? Who's lying? Yes. Okay, so like I said, I listened to two and I couldn't even decide which one, but I ultimately picked this one to talk about because the topic is something that I know you and I both are obsessed with. Spit it out, woman. What do you have for me? It's conspiracies about the Titanic. (gasps) Yes! Yes. I knew you would be excited. I knew it. I knew it. Now, sidebar, I've only seen the movie twice in theaters Uh, as a kid because I couldn't hold it and I peed during the whole, like, (laughs) I'm... King of the world, King of the world. And the most I iconic miss, scene, and I missed it. I'm really good at missing iconic things like that, so I had to come back a week later with my girlfriends, and then that was it for me. But I still got it. I love it. Yes. Okay. And so I knew that when I brought this topic up, that I would have to admit something, and and it's that I saw the James Cameron film Titanic in the theaters thirteen times. How many hours of babysitting did that cost you? Uh, a few, a few, and I was what 13 at yeah. the time we were in eighth grade yeah yep, when that came out and my best friend julia and i <sighs> were obsessed we went to the theater i kid you not 13 times That's i so had funny. photos of leonardo dicaprio and kate winslet posted all <laughs> over my bedroom i i should be embarrassed about it but, but it's so many years later you know what whatever. when i was in fifth grade I'm going to nerd out on you. Mm-hmm. And I was in, like, the gifted program oh growing up. I did – we had to do projects based on, like, stories. Some people did, like, the Bermuda Triangle, all mm-hmm. these different things. I did the Titanic and made, like, a full-on board game. A-plus work, if I yeah. may say so. And I – 
like just loved the whole thought. And yeah, like I I knew about the Titanic yeah, before the movie came out, absolutely. and you know, the, as a historical event. Yeah, I also did. I think I did a library project on nice. it. Nice. One of those where you had to learn the Dewey Decibel System and like document. Yeah, who needs that now? <laughs> who? Why did I spend? But anyway, I did my project yeah. on Titanic. Okay, let me jump in. Let okay, me talk go about go go go. Podcast. We could just talk about our own background of the Titanic. Okay, forever. so everyone knows the Titanic. Big sink, sink. Sank. Yep. Unsinkable ship, mm-hmm. bottom of the ocean now. So a um, couple of quickie facts about it. 1907, James Bruce Ismay founds the White Star Line, and this is the first time anyone's doing luxury cruises. Oh, okay. Before that, shipping was just simply to take stuff around. Um, the Titanic was 900 feet long, 93 feet wide, weighed 45,000 tons. Uh, its two engines were four stories tall. Jesus. Uh, yeah. We live in a three-story building. I'm trying to imagine Can you imagine, can you imagine an no. engine four stories tall? It was finished in 1912. Um, it took 11,000 people overall to build it. Wow. It cost $7.5 million, which today is $189 million Ooh, yeah. with inflation. Um, so it also, this thing could go fast. It could yeah. get up to 27 miles an hour. I don't know how many knots that is, which I is how care. you're supposed to measure how fast boats go. But fast. Anyway, at 27 miles an hour, it doesn't sound that fast, but a ship that big moving at that speed, it's hard to stop. Which uh-huh. They found that one out the hard way. So it set sail from uh, Belfast, England in April of 1912. I didn't know this. It stopped in France and Ireland and picked up more passengers before it crossed. Oh, okay. So... Um, interesting piece of information. There were some, obviously there were three classes. There were some really famous people on board, including um, John Jacob Astor, Benjamin Guggenheim, and Isidore Strauss. Yeah, Remember yeah. those names for later. So on April 14th, 1912, the third day of its voyage, around noon, they start getting messages. Hey, watch out. There's a lot of ice up ahead. Uh, the last of these messages came just an hour before it did crash. Okay. Um, the... Now, now it said the captain had the, like, it was full speed ahead. And it yeah. said that the captain was trying to break records and surprise everybody by coming Getting into New early. York expected, yeah, earlier than expected. <clears throat> so, okay, so finally they, uh, about a quarter, I think only, yeah, only a quarter of a mile away from the iceberg, it's finally spotted by two officers in the observation deck. Um, they call down to the bridge. For whatever reason, it takes up to 37 seconds for anyone to even respond or do anything. But once they do, they shut down the engines, they close those watertight doors, and they try to turn the ship away from the iceberg. Good luck. But by this point, they're only 900 feet away. Oh, no. So it does make contact. Not everyone knew that it had actually hit because above the water level, it nothing actually made contact, but it was below, uh-huh. and it dotted all of those holes in the side of, of the ship on Did the bottom. Did nobody feel it? Is that what they're saying? They said it felt like a rumble, but where you know, like so, if you were down in third class in steerage, you totally felt it. Got but it. up on the higher decks, you might it might have felt like a rumbling, like maybe okay. an engine was shuddering or something. <clears throat> so um, anyway, on board there were two thousand and eight passengers and nine hundred crew. Only room in the lifeboats for eleven hundred and seventy six. Um, the band did play on. That's a real thing that happened. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, and, and the band played on. This ship uh, did break in half and sink. And That uh, was a weird part of the movie. Yeah. You heard that and saw it and mm-hmm. then like the crash. Uh, and there were only 712 survivors. That's so insane. 2,008 passengers, 900 crew, do the math. Not it's not good. Okay, so that's what we know happened. Yeah. Right? 
it's an accident. It's an accident. No one meant for this thing to hit an iceberg. Are you saying people think that this was an accident? Well, there are some cons- conspiracy theories out there. Ooh. Okay, so let me talk about a few of them that they talked about on the podcast. Okay. Which, by the way, there are three hosts to this podcast. Again, it's stuff they don't want you to know. Got it. Ben, Matt, and Noel. Uh, so the first of these theories is that they were targeting those three men that I brought up earlier. Those three rich men, John Jacob Astor, Isidore Strauss, and Benjamin Guggenheim, were all very wealthy men, and they were all against the creation of the Federal Reserve. Oh. Um, they did not believe that um, banking should be globalized or privatized, which is what the evidently the Federal Reserve was aimed to do. We know of this person J.P. Morgan. We do. A very um, famous person. I use the Chase Bank. <laughs> he and his, uh, the Rockefeller family were for the Federal Reserve. So they are um, enemies of those other three men yeah. that were on board. J.P. Morgan had a room on the Titanic and last minute stayed in France, didn't go on, without really much of a reason why. Other than, like, hard pass? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... There is a conspiracy out there that this was an assassin, assassination attempt on, on those three guys so that they could go forward with the globalization of banking. Because J.P. Meanwhile, Morgan, they're comfortable saying, but it's cool that we lose a couple thousand right. human so, beings. Yeah, and so that's the so hard, that's a, that's hard, that's the hard thing to accept. And it's also a hard... How did they know this ship was going to sink? Yeah. How did... You know, it's not like they couldn't have you know, told the captain, you need to sink the ship. You need to go like on a suicide... an iceberg. Yeah, you need to go on a suicide mission so that we can have more money. Like, I just don't think that one no. flies. So, so that's out there. Here's another theory that the Titanic didn't actually sink, that it was swapped with its sister ship, the Olympic, and the Olympic sank. Oh. And that it was a giant insurance scam. Mm. So uh, the Titanic did have a sister ship named the Olympic, yes. like I just said. And it was, uh, that, that ship came out in 1910. So I don't know why there's also so much grandeur about Titanic being the first of its kind, because its sister ship, which was almost identical to it, had come out two years prior. But had it, did a transatlantic crossing, though? Or I don't know. Titanic the first mm-hmm. attempt at a transatlantic? Don't know about that. But it uh, did already have a couple of fender benders, the Olympic. So um, the thought here is that send out the ship that's already not so great, sink it on purpose, but claim it was the Titanic and take the insurance money from the Titanic because you would have gotten more because it's a brand Brand new new ship. ship. Right. Okay. So again, here you have to question the owners of the ship, which, oh, oh, by the way... The White Star Line that built this ship had been bought out recently by a company owned by J.P. Morgan? Morgan, our boy okay, J.P. that's a little sketchier. Mm-hmm. So our boy J.P., again, remember, he was booked on the ship and the last minute doesn't go. Okay, so, now that's a little sketchier. Mm-hmm. Now I can believe mm-hmm. that. So that gives a lot of credence Coupled to, like, with the Federal Reserve conversation, yeah. not separately, but coupled, he knew, he knew something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, our boy knew something and decided to stay in France. Yes. 
So, so there's that theory. It's like, again, it's a hard one to grasp. You're going to kill yeah, all those sure. people for insurance money. And wouldn't you think that if you kept the ship floating and you kept sailing it, you could sell the tickets? Which, by the way, the first class tickets were in today's dollars between $40,000 and $80,000. No. Yeah, I didn't know it was That's that insane. much. Even a third class ticket in today's dollars was $600. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Um, okay, so there's that theory. There's some possible accidents as theories. Okay. Um, for instance, uh, Louise Patton, the granddaughter of the most senior officer who survived, um, says that her grandfather told her grandmother that um, the, the call was made to turn hard to starboard to avoid the iceberg. But with the system they were using with the engines, sometimes starboard meant left and sometimes it meant right. Oh, what? So, yeah, I don't, that's mm, always means not right. great planning, no. right? So that a crew member may have actually turned into the iceberg instead of turning away. And think about it, if you're down in the boiler room, you don't know what side the iceberg is on. You get True. your, you know, you get your order and you follow it like you think you're supposed yeah. to. Maybe you ran right into the iceberg. Okay. So that's out there. Um, and here's one that has come out recently in a documentary on television called Titanic, The New Evidence, that they talked about that probably has the most credence to it. And that's that there was a giant coal fire oh, down in Bunker yeah, Number 6. I remember six. seeing that, you know, on mm-hmm. HuffPost and a lot of couple other places. Um, so according to this documentary, this fire was uh, raging before it even set sail from Belfast, its original um, location. No. And so... It is now proven that there was a fire in Bunker oh. 6. And Bunker 6 took one of the biggest hits, so it filled up. But the question is, did that fire weaken the steel? Mm. And the question is, if they knew about it before they ever left, that boat should never have gone to sea. Oh, correct. But they but they put it out anyway, which is another thing that J.P. Morgan might have known and went, nah, I'm going to stay here in France. Hard pass. Right. So, and then that that also would give some reason to maybe the captain wasn't speeding to set records. Maybe he knew there was a fire on the boat and he needed to get, get it home. where he was going. That makes sense too. Yeah. So, uh, but then the question is, was the fire intentional? That's a little bit more conspiratorial than for sure. Than um, okay. So so those are like the the normal theories. There really are some like paranormal theories out there. Paranormal? Paranormal. Like so for alien instance, paranormal? Kind of. I'll, okay. Yeah. What do you got? So this first one was that it was foretold by an author, Morgan Robertson, in his nineteen eighty or sorry, eighteen ninety-eight novel, Futility or The Wreck of the Titan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he wrote this novel 17 years before the ship, or no, I'm sorry, it's 14 years before the ship uh, sunk. And there's lots of similarities to what happened in real life with the Titanic. And in the book, it's also, it was an insurance scam. So okay. maybe this was all foretold. There's an Edgar Allan Poe story that has a bizarrely similar storyline of people lost at sea, um, of one ship running into another. Um and then this is an interesting one. In 1886, a man named William T. Stead, William T. Stead also wrote a story um, about a ship colliding with another one and sinking. William T. Stead was on board and died. The oh, Titanic. Whoa. Yeah. So that one will kind of get you, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's the final theory. Oh, my God. And this one I think is my favorite. You guys, she is grinning from ear to ear. Like, <laughs> so excited. So excited to spit this one out. This totally makes sense why you haven't wanted to talk to me for a few uh-huh. days. Okay, All so. Right. What's your last one? This last theory is that uh, the Titanic sank because uh, it was cursed by pharaohs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, so allegedly there was like a... Like mo- King Tut was on board? 
Wait for it. Oh. <laughs> Allegedly, there was a mummy on board. Oh, okay. There, someone... Uh, listen, I'm starting to believe this one the most, okay, actually. right? There was a passenger who purchased this mummy and was taking it back to New York with them. It was the body of an Egyptian priestess. And in order to protect it, they allowed this passenger to keep it in the captain's bridge. A mummy. No. A mummy with a statue on it of the Egyptian god of death. That's a literally a bad omen. That's a bad <laughs> omen. And I'm surprised, too, because from what I know of nautical people and sailors, they're very superstitious. 100%. So why would you accept a mummy with this statue of the god of death on it? That just makes me think of, like, remember when they found King Tut's tomb and everybody who found it had, like, bad yeah, things that happened bad stuff to them? Happened. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Honestly. You don't mess with that stuff. I feel like that's more of the accurate yeah. conspiracy here. You put a because. mummy on your boat and your ship is doomed, man. For sure. Doomed. I hope it wasn't going to the Guggenheim. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, J.P. Morgan might have been a, a bad dude. Oh, um, might have been. And or <laughs> there may have been a curse of the pharaohs. Titanic. Listen, I think I'm here for both of those. Okay. So that was I'm uh, so excited. stuff they That's don't want really you to talk about. Good. Now, question for you on mm-hmm. that one. You said it's three guys. Mm-hmm. What was their take? So you recapped what they shared with you, but like, did they have one that they believed the most? They didn't really. And then a couple of the episodes that I've listened to now, they don't really offer so much of their own opinions, okay. but they are um, skeptics okay. of of conspiracy theories in general. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I like that's what that. I got for you. And you can listen to that on iTunes podcast. Mm-hmm. I listen to it on um, the Android version of the iTunes podcast app. Perfect. But you could probably also get it in real iTunes. I'm in real iTunes mm-hmm. if you have one of those iPhone things. <laughs> so, Amy, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go hard left here. Okay, all right. So remember um, our first episode, I did a recap of uh, Love and Radio. Yeah. And it was the super chat where the girl calls in like a sex hotline. I love Love and Radio. They're real quick hits like I've said in the past and you don't really know what you're getting. Yeah. It could be love for a child, a stranger, or this story that I want to share with you. Okay. Um, FYI, total mind fuck, but it's called <laughs> A Girl of Ivory. So I clicked on it, and it is older. I like to go back once I find a podcast that I really like, Mm -hmm. and then dive deep. What do you have in your archives? Okay. So um, this one aired on September 26th of 2016, and when they start it, they say, FYI, sexually explicit material coming at you. So I was like, girl of ivory. So the description is just like this couple is in love, and a girl shows up on their doorstep, hears their story. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So it starts off with this guy, Dave Cat, and he is... I've got a weird name, Dave Cat, but he is talking about... He sounds like a real cool cat. <laughs> he like... is a real cool Dave Cat. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, is he a swing band? David Cat, if I will, be formal with him, is talking about out in his hometown, there was like the city club that everyone hung out at. It was in the basement of a Ramada Inn, and it was very like goth <laughs> industrial. I know. Already, a I'm Ramada looking for Inn. the directions. How do I go? Yeah. How do I hang out with everybody there? So he sees across the way this, you know, beautiful woman with, like, purple hair, kind of dressed up goth. And for them, it's like a movie. Lock eyes across the place. And instantly, is it love? Is it lust? Like, we have to be near each other. I've been there. Right? I love those moments. I know. Same. So here's what, like, the story's about is kind of, like, their relationship and how, you know, they share a cigarette. They are dancing all night together. She loves his style. He loves her style. And within... A matter of days and weeks, they don't realize it, but they're living together. Like, all of her stuff oh, sure. is at their house. Yeah. You know, and he, this is a weird moment. 
he talks about how like he carried her over the threshold and like up the stairs into their apartment and he thought she was heavier than she looked so I thought that was like a really strange that's not very nice that's not very nice at all so um and like I said I was like okay weird but so they kind of go on to talk about you know their relationship it's a lot of playing video games and like watching documentaries and hanging out and dancing and photo shoots with one another to each their own that's their own love yeah couples absolutely do that um and so now her name he goes back and forth it's either Shishan or Sidore or Sidore he calls her by both by both those aren't her pet names maybe he doesn't know her first name I think Sidore or Sidore is her real name and he calls her Shishan so she's British but she was born in Tokyo but then is raised in like the countryside of England Okay. And um, they talk about how, like, they realized the one night they were in love. They were watching, like, a French documentary about a comedian and, like, laughing at all the same parts and thinking the same things were funny. And they were kind of like, all right, we're in love. They end up getting married. Um, Their relationship is kind of considered, like, alternative due to their, like, industrial goth lifestyle. And so I guess they had a documentary made about them or they were part of a documentary. Okay. So... Yeah. So they got married. How how long were they together when they got married? You know what they didn't say? Maybe, maybe a year. Okay. It was a fast sure. relationship, fast marriage. They're in this documentary. So then it cuts over, and there's this other woman, Lanka, who lives in Russia, sees the documentary and is instantly attracted to the couple. And to both of them? To both of them. Ooh. And is like, I think I want to be part of their relationship. So she's talking right. about growing up in Russia, how hard it was for her. She was bisexual. Her family made fun of her a lot. She had, like, a boyfriend when she was 15, and everybody made fun of her for that. And um, she just felt like, I need to get to America. I need to see this couple. I feel like I fit in with them. So she – Oh, wait. I missed it. So they live in America? Yes. Okay. But so the the wife is British, but of to- Japanese, Japanese descent. descent. Correct. But they're living in America. They live in America. And they met in America. Okay. She traveled to America when she was like in her 20s or something. He is American. He is American mm-hmm. as well. So then, um, what did I say? Lanka. There's really mm-hmm. weird names and I apologize if I like stutter over them. So Lanka emails the couple and is like, I'd love to meet you. <laughs> That's a good opener. Just like, let me drop hey. you a line. Exactly. Did she conclude a headshot maybe? Did she? I think she did. You would if yeah, you're asking to come be a part of a loving right? couple's relationship. I'd include so a, Dave a Snapchat. Kat, yeah, so Dave Cat is kind of like, oh, this is weird. But his wife, Shishan slash Sidore, um, continues to strike up a conversation with Lanka. And, you know, they're both attracted to one another. She's like, yes, please come out. So she buys a ticket from Russia, comes to America, basically shows up on their doorstep. And the wife is like, yes, like, come on in. Um, Dave Cat is like sleeping or something and she gets her all dolled up and like will kind of give you as a present to Dave Cat and he's wow. all excited that you know his wife is open to this and so they talk a lot to the women and about jealousy like how does it work for them they're clearly in a polyamorous relationship yeah but then there's like a hierarchical sense to it you know Dave Cat truly is married to Shishan yeah. and you know then Lanka really becomes the mistress but like They've made it a pact that nobody is going to, like, they're not going to threesome it up. Like, everyone's going to have their own turns. It's oh. interesting. All right. I know. Okay. So then um, you Wait, hear. But even the women could take turns together. Correct. Right? Yeah. So, okay. Just two at a time, but any two goes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, like I said, they're in this relationship. And he's, you know, then talking to the guy who is running the interview. And he's explaining how, um, due to wear and tear, Shishan's wires in her fingers are not working so much anymore what (laughs) and how wait 
she's heavier than you would expect. And the interviewer is like, can I hold her? What? They're sex dolls. Stop it. <laughs> They're no! sex dolls. Wait. But your mind fucked the entire time because you're listening to two women, one who's British and one who is Russian, talking about their Wait. relationship. So whose voices are they? I think they're like actresses. They he, For this interview purpose. Oh. Whoa. Wait. What? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. Keep going. Tell me the rest of this. I can't. I can't right now. Me neither. I'm like listening to this and I was like, huh? Wires in her fingers. What the fuck am I listening to? I really thought it was like, oh, it's a polyamorous couple. Oh my God. He bought these dolls. So he goes on to say how as a young child, he was very interested in how the human body works. But also if the body was a robot, how would you move your hands without like a brain signal and all that kind of stuff and he calls it artifice so it's like very much into that so artificial he, he made these dolls bought them he bought them and they're expensive well yeah they're like tens of thousands of dollars and the did doc- he get the warranty for, uh, the finger, for the fingers i have no idea <laughs> here's the documentary he was on that his quote-unquote russian love saw him on tlc my strange sex addiction <gasps> <laughs> yes that's not a documentary. <laughs> it's not. It's That's a reality show where we make fun of people for being weirdos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I, there are no words. There are no words. Oh. I was just like really thinking I was listening to this one show. But hey, like I said, love and radio is all about love. And this guy found love. And he talked about how like if you can't find a girlfriend, there should be nothing wrong with buying one. And how he does dress them up. And it's weird. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, Shishan, Sidore, whatever, will, you know, give me the side eye when she sees me talking to people at bars. I'm like, does he bring them in public? I don't know. I was like, bitch, they don't go out with you. You are making this up. You cry cry. (laughs) You are. Wait, so is he still with both of them? To your knowledge? Yes, they haven't broken up that I'm aware of. I kind of urge the listeners to go take a a little listen yeah, to well, this and kind of hear a little bit more. I mean, I've definitely ruined the, the plot twist, if you will. Yeah, yeah, you gave it away. <laughs> totally gave that away. However, I think it's interesting to hear his questions. Mm-hmm. And also kudos to the interviewer for not being like, dude, you're crazy. I want to hear his voice. Yeah. And yeah. I have, I went back and like Googled. And, like, saw on YouTube, like, a clip of him. And I was like, oh, yeah. I saw this yeah, once before. that dude buys sex dolls. <laughs> that dude buys sex dolls. <laughs> you changed your name to Dave Cat. Like, it was all oh, so crazy. Man. But it was – it had me going. Like, I really thought it was a love story. I guess it is a love – who am I to not say that it isn't hey, a love story? Yeah, you can – He found love in a hopeless place. In a hopeless place. <laughs> I have no idea. Good Rihanna Paul, man. I hope nobody thinks I'm super insensitive to this guy finding love. But anyway – Love and radio. Like I said, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. So from the super chat and the sex hotline to sex yeah. toy dolls. Weirdos. You're welcome, everybody. And so like I said, love and radio. You can find that in a lot of the different stores, podcasts, Podbean. Um, and then I listen to it in Stitcher. I definitely re- recommend taking a little listen to Dave Cat. Wow. <laughs> you are welcome. Wow. All right. Do you want to do some um, some lighthearted, maybe lighthearted like, special mentions? Yeah, podcast pop ups. Podcast pop ups. So this is where we're gonna just kind of give you highlights yeah. of some other things that we listened to this week that we think you'd be interested in too. Hopefully, we don't freak you out with sex dolls. Yeah, we don't only <laughs> listen. To- 
<laughs> we listen to normal stuff. You're welcome, Mom and Dad. Um, so I'm going to jump in and do one super fast. Sure. I can't believe we haven't talked about this podcast yet because it's one of uh, a fa- it's a favorite for you and I both, and that is the Watch What Crappens. Yes, podcast. Love Watch What Crappens. We're probably never going to recap it because it is a, a recap, recap show, show on its own. So it would it would be yeah. Weird. So they recap all of the shows from Bravo, yes. from Housewives to Below Deck. Yeah. Anything and everything in between. Two best friends just. Talking shit about TV shows yeah. and recapping it. It's Ben and Ronnie, two gay guys, and they um, they do five shows a week. So I mean, they're really yeah. putting in the work. But uh, if you are a Real Housewives or other Bravo TV show fan and you are not listening to the Watch What Crappens recap by Ben and Ronnie, you're missing out. Oh, yeah. You're making a huge mistake. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what you got for me? Um, so I listened to one the other day because it kind of struck my fancy. It was called Radio Nostalgia Network. Mm-hmm. And... Remember back in the day before TVs, radio uh-huh. was where you would get your entertainment. So I hear. I guess. I'm not I mean, that old. <laughs> well, we've read books yeah. and learned things in shows. So this is a radio nostalgia network, and they replay old radio oh. television shows. So this one was called A Visitor at Midnight, and it is from May 12th, 1955. All right. It was really exciting. And so it is The Adventures of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator from the NBC Radio Network production. So it was really wow, cool. Wow, that's probably how it sounded. It totally <laughs> is. It was really cool. So, you know, you're listening to this guy who, like I said, is a late night detective, gets a knock on a door, and some guy is an author of a book and is talking to him and having questions like, I want to write a murder in this book. Do you think that the cops would ever be able to figure this murder out? And the guy's like, cops? Maybe they're readers? Why do you care about cops? Uh-oh. Next day, murder in the paper. Exactly how... Or a death in the paper. You don't give the details before you do the crime, man. Exactly. So then it spars him to go further and figure out the whodunit crime. And it was really cool because, like, they'll be like, oh, there was a knock at the door. (laughs) And then, like, somebody walking away, clonk, 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 like, definitely doing what you would think, like... I just imagined all of them in their boots and then like a Yeah. And they have all those, like, guy doing, like, all the noises and knock, knock, knock. And then saying things like... Then I went and had breakfast, and the you know server's like, "Sir, here's your toast," and he's like, "This toast? What did you paint it tan? It's not even crusty." I'm like, "Wow, they are really using all of their words to describe everything because you're listening it on the radio, probably like on yeah. Saturday night with your family. Turn on that big old like, you know, what I'm talking about like the yeah. huge radios back in the day that had like the cloth like speakers and like ornate <laughs> designs. We should listen to one of those and take tips because we have no words. For we have no we're words to describe like that box that. Sound comes out of, I think. It's like a thing. You know, we all have one. Yeah, you're fine. Anyway, that one was a really cool one, and I liked it a lot. And I thought, like, you know, how fun to go back and listen to, I guess, if you will, the original versions of podcasts and of Love and Radio and these kind of stories. So I like that one. Like I said, Visitor at Midnight, May 12th, 1955. All right. Hey, I want to bring up a new series that I started and that I'm going to be finishing and maybe recapping later on. Yeah. Um, this is a podcast that's now in its third season, and it's called Someone Knows Something. Okay. Um, I dark. listened to the first two seasons. Yeah, it is dark. It's a true crime one. Um, I listened to the first two seasons already. So this journalist named uh, David Regan, uh, he's Canadian. He works for the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Company. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, he's already done two seasons. Season one focused on Adrian McNaughton, who was a six-year-old and went missing from um, a family fishing trip and was just never ever seen again. Okay. Season two was about Cheryl Shepard, who was in not a great relationship, got 
proposed to on television on New Year's Eve. And it's romantic. Yeah, but it said yes, and then it kind of comes out that the boyfriend was crazy, and he knew if he did it on television that she would oh, she say, have yes. say yes. Jerk. She went missing on the Uh-oh. 3rd of January <laughs> and was never seen again. So it's, it's a good cover-up. I didn't murder my fiance. I didn't murder I just her. her. I love her so much. It's called Someone Knows Something because people don't just go missing. They don't yeah. just go away. Someone has to know something. So he just started season three, and this is about actually confirmed murders of two African-American gentlemen in 1964 by Klansmen. Uh, The Klansmen were uh, originally charged, but then the charges were dropped, and at least one of them is still alive. So um, I listened to the first episode. I'm going to keep listening along and maybe talk about it later. Well, a huge departure from that is I was listening to uh, Mouthing Off with Olivia Caridi. I think I've talked about her in the past. Mm -hmm. She was on... Ben Higgins season of The Bachelor, background in broadcast journalism, so it makes total sense that she ended up getting a podcast. Yeah. This week, she interviewed Courtney and Jason Carrion. Do they sound familiar? Maybe. Tamara Moore. They're on the first season of Married at First Sight. Oh, they just had a baby. No, this is the other couple that stayed together. Uh, two couples stayed two together couples stayed that season? Oh, did you not watch that season? I didn't know. Oh, that's right. So... True story, my mom loves that show. And she hey, kept Eileen. telling me that I should watch Married at First Sight. And I was like, 1,000% not. Mom, you watch things like My 600-Pound Life. Like, I'm not I trusting that you right now. I love My 600-Pound Life. You and my mom life. watch the same kind of television. Totally. And so um, you started watching Married at First Sight. Yeah, the like, second, or second season I think or so. it was season three. Was season three. I picked up when they did. It was the one did. in Atlanta. Yes, and I picked up when they did the uh, the Miami in Miami. Mm-hmm. We totally watched that together. It. We it watched good. it together. That was good. So then one day I went back and I binge watched season one, and mm-hmm. of season one, two of the three couples stayed together at the end and are currently still married. Like you said, one other couple did have yeah. a baby, and so um, Courtney and Jason still live in New York City, where they met in the same apartment that they picked. Like after wow, wedding. they're still together. It was really fun to listen to them talk about the show and how drastically different it is today. It's a little bit. Because the success rate is not good I would anymore. Say I can't believe zero two three. percent. Yeah, n- the last two seasons that I watched, nobody stayed together. Even if they stayed together at the end of filming, they eventually got divorced. Yeah, they're not together yeah, now. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. Like you know, in the beginning of these reality shows, people go in blind and have no idea what they're doing. So they truly mm-hmm. are like, yeah, I feel like I can't find my match. I will let you know all of these relationship experts. And therapists helped me find my perfect, you know, husband or wife and get married. And it worked in that first season, like I said, for, you know, two of the three couples. Yeah. And now nothing works because, like, oh, I can be on TV, get some right. Insta fame, yep. hawk a slim tummy tea, <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. But it was a really good one. And so, like, I highly recommend if you like that reality TV show and you haven't seen that season, go back and watch it. Yeah. And then hear all about Courtney and Jason. By the way, I'm willing to hawk a slim tummy tea if there's oh, a sponsor out there. A Brooklyn and ones, a Hello Fresh box, like whatever you got. Just putting it out there. I am willing to hawk. But you know what else I'm willing to hawk? What? Our social media handles. Yep, that's a great <laughs> idea. Why don't you do that? Yeah, so guys, if you want to follow what we are doing here at Podcast Rewind, may I suggest you check us out on Twitter or on Instagram at PodcastRWD. And if you have any thoughts or want to share with us your favorite podcast and what we should be listening to, you can send us an email at podcastrwd at gmail.com. Yep. But if you also want to see what I'm doing when I am not podcasting all day long, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Erica Jarvis. And I'll say it one more time. I'm Erica with a K. Mm-hmm. You could follow me as well. I'm at Amy Randolph. I am Amy with a A-M-I-E spelling. All right. I think that was episode four. Thanks so much, you guys, for listening. Uh, We will be back next week with episode five. And in the meantime, don't Don't forget, forget, be be kind. kind.
Rewind. Rewind. Bye. Bye. Bye.